I'm Selena Scardina. I'm the Executive Vice President of External Engagement at the IEDC. And I'm Nathan Brown, and I'm the Manager of Public Relations at the IEDC. You're listening to Indiana for the Bold, a podcast by the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, bringing you the boldest stories of the people who are building the economy of the future right here in Indiana. Indiana is making bold moves and even bolder investments in the future of mobility. Through a thriving venture capital ecosystem and programs that help push ideas from concept to execution, Indiana is helping innovators and small businesses not only realize their dreams, but also create safer and smarter cities, more convenient personal transportation options, and more efficient logistics systems. Today on Indiana for the Bold, I'm joined by Natasha Jensen-Matto. She is the Vice President of Entrepreneurship and Innovation Development at the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. Movement affects everyone. It is economic development. The way we invest in disruptors and technology, sometimes it's a bet on the long game that it's not something that is gonna sell tomorrow. But if we wanna continue to push Indiana forward as this hub of innovation, where people come to make cool things, that we make really cool things here in Indiana, we do. But if we wanna see Indiana as this disruptor, pushing the envelope, what does innovation mean? We need people to start thinking about these challenges. In today's episode, we talk about programs and resources at a state level that can be accessed for the benefit of entrepreneurs, innovators, and small businesses. We also talk about the future of mobility and what it means on a smaller scale than you might've heard on previous episodes, such as the episode with the Indie Autonomous Challenges, Paul Mitchell. Today, we're talking about how thinkers and innovators and entrepreneurs are helping push the concept of the future of mobility forward all across the state and help create, frankly, the cities of the future and what it means to redefine how we live, work, and play in a highly mobile environment. I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode with Natasha. So let's just dive right in. Natasha, welcome to Indiana for the Bold. Excited to be here. So continuing with the IEDC's theme of the future of mobility, I wanted to invite you on today to discuss a lot of the work that we do here at a state level. But first, I want to set the stage a little bit. We had Paul Mitchell from IEC on the other day, and you know, I asked him point blank, how do you define the future of mobility or what does the future of mobility mean to you? And so I wanted to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, I'm sure Paul had a great answer, but I would say I think about future mobility very broadly. I like to think about it as what's in store for the way humans move. How do we get from point A to point B? How does all of our stuff get from point A to point B? How do all of our networks talk together as we try to move? So it's not just about autonomous cars. Those are pretty cool. I do enjoy watching autonomous cars go around a track. But if you think about what mobility is, it's a really large ecosystem and it creates a lot of challenges, more innovation, more tech, more challenges. We have to think about safety, validation of the technology itself, what software is going into things. And and I'm sure a lot more that I will never fully understand. So When I think about future mobility and what's included, it is autonomous vehicles and driving and things like that, but it's also intelligent networks and the way they interact with smart cities and our public transit systems, electric vehicles, batteries. 
micro-mobility. Everyone's riding lime scooters out on the streets of Indianapolis. That's future mobility, too. At one time, we didn't have that. Mm -hmm. How people get from point A to point B and all of our stuff as well. That's awesome. A lot of these things are, are big projects, multi-billion dollar things. I would love to take it uh, a little bit smaller scale and yeah. talk about small businesses and, uh, and entrepreneurs. What does that space look like here in Indiana regarding the future of mobility? We actually do have a lot of companies that we consider to be in this space, but I will say it's important for more small businesses and entrepreneurs to be thinking about these things because we are creating challenges and solving challenges all the time in how we move. So we need people to be thinking about innovation, thinking about disruptive technologies. We have some companies we've seen through some of our programs that are focused on that, so that software, hardware combination to solve smart cities that can be applied to autonomous vehicles as well. But taking a step back and thinking, how is this hard tech, advanced manufacturing, how do these things work together to solve a challenge? Maybe that's ride sharing. We've seen a lot of development of how we call an Uber, call a Lyft, but maybe it's personal driver service subscription. That's slightly different, but another take on mobility. Pedestrian lighting systems that are smart activated. So in high traffic, high risk situations where we just know that a light needs to turn on to make sure people can cross the street. I think we see in Indianapolis those little buttons you push mm -hmm. and a light comes on. Mm -hmm. We have cities that have those activated in certain situations where they know people are coming. So we do have a lot of this tech, this innovation here in Indiana, but we need to see more, right? When we think of Indiana, huge automotive manufacturing state, but Cummins didn't start as a 73,000 person firm with $19 billion in revenue. We saw Cummins come about because two people thought, hey, this thing called diesel seems like a cool technology. And then we've seen a lot of iteration from there. At one point, that was innovative. That was new. It's truly just an iteration of the same type of challenge of how we move. Why does the state care about all of this stuff? You're talking about smart cities, yep. pedestrian safety. You're talking about some very base things. But why does Indiana care about pushing this forward and innovating there? First and foremost, it is economic development. The way we invest in disruptors and technology, sometimes it's a bet on the long game that it's not something that is going to sell tomorrow. But... If we want to continue to push Indiana forward as this hub of innovation where people come to make cool things, that we make really cool things here in Indiana, we do. But if we want to see Indiana as this disruptor, pushing the envelope, what does innovation mean? We need people to start thinking about these challenges. Movement affects everyone, right? I think the other part of it is also obviously mobility, racing. I'm a huge race fan, so I'll always bring it up. But Racing really is the culmination of these technologies, pushing cars to a limit, but keeping the drivers safe, which is very important. We don't have to worry about that with, with autonomous cars yet. But if we think about the first Indy 500 in 1911, that was the first rearview mirror that was put on a car. I don't know about you. I consider that a pretty standard piece of my vehicle, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it wasn't then. And I think it's really important. That happened here in Indiana. Hmm. We know we have this history. Hoosiers make really quality products. We have this ability, but we also have the talent. We have people who are willing to say, well, let's give it a shot. And that's important. In Indiana, we can double down on this. We can keep pushing forward and we can actually have small businesses, entrepreneurs solve challenges for some of the large automotive manufacturers that are here.
or think of, hey, we need to solve a battery problem, EV problem, semiconductor problem, that all goes into mobility. So if we want Indiana to remain the hub, we have to keep doubling down on future mobility. Let's talk more specifically about some of these initiatives that are helping Indiana stay ahead of the curve, so to speak. Yep. I think we have to start with the India Autonomous Challenge. It is a really well-known initiative that the IDC is a partner of. Honestly, gathering a bunch of really intelligent humans from across the globe to make an AI driver go 180 miles an hour, I can't get better than that. It is pretty cool. <laughs> But it's, it is about testing, developing technology that should be applicable to more than just a car going around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. It should translate to things that we should see in our day-to-day -day life. It's being tested in the harshest of harsh conditions. We're not likely going to go 180 miles around track, but we do need people who are thinking about that, who are putting this tech to the test. Indie Autonomous Challenge, great initiative. Super excited for what's next for the Indie Autonomous Challenge and Paul Mitchell and his team. Can't leave them out. But I think there are some other initiatives, some other resources that the state has played a huge role in that are worth mentioning. One of those is the Battery Innovation Center down in southern Indiana. They're an incubation testing space for batteries. If we want our electric vehicles to go, if we want to have lighter, more sustainable batteries, we need people testing them. We need people using the boom room, making sure that their batteries, if they explode in maybe not such a devastating way, I'm not really sure what happens in there. I don't know if I want to be in there when batteries are exploding, right. <laughs> but they help people manufacture, develop the materials that go into batteries. Again, people much smarter than me probably understand that, but it's systems validation testing, it's incubation, it's supporting startups. And I think that's really important in that space, especially for this theme of future mobility in Indiana. We need people testing their batteries. Yeah. And that Battery Innovation Center, that is unique to Indiana. It right? is. It is unique to Indiana. Yeah. And it's a really, I think it's a resource that flies under the radar yeah. quite a bit. And I find people there all the time. One, because batteries is not my area of expertise. But we have really intelligent humans who do this day in and day out and can help people solve real challenges with their product and commercialize something that we hope they'll stay in Indiana and keep manufacturing those batteries in Indiana too. It's there and it's a resource more people should know about. Yeah. Tell us about some more resources. Yeah. Some other things happen. I think one of my personal favorite programs that the IEDC offers is something called an innovation voucher. It is a grant program that offers entrepreneurs funding to do some R&D, some prototyping, some research. The funds have to go to an Indiana-based research institution, so universities, colleges, or a nonprofit that is in the research space. So I like to think of we have all of the great research institutions in Indiana, but also we have some maybe not as well-known universities and colleges that do a lot of R&D and prototyping. We have a lot of nonprofits who are doing research and maybe nonprofits you wouldn't think about. So if you're thinking life sciences, yeah, IBRI is a good option. If you're thinking sports tech, we have Sports Tech HQ and they're a great partner of the IEDC to help you do some maybe market development testing they have all those connections. But I think how it, it ties back to future mobility is if you need lab space, if you need to go use the boom room, we can offer funding to help complete a project. The, the funds go up to $50,000 per project, so, but it is matching. So if you have a $100,000 product, the state can offer up to $50,000. So it's a really great resource um, for entrepreneurs, for small businesses. And again, I wish more people knew about these things. 
but it's it's well worth a look if you're looking at doing some research and development specifically in the the future mobility space because we have an ecosystem here built around that already and that does beg the question so if people want to find out about yeah. these things where can they go well, you can contact me <laughs> but the the program is actually administered by our friends at the applied research institute they're a really great convener of all of those resources they are an innovation public private partnership for the iedc so very important partner but if you go to the entrepreneurship page of the IEDC's website, you'll find a blurb about the program, the resource, and how you can access it. Excellent. And I think there was just one last thing that you did want to touch on, right? Just I sort of do this want to talk ecosystem about of capital, right? Every small business wants money. I think we are truly unique in the way we as a state and the IEDC as an agency of, of the state of Indiana actually build this venture capital ecosystem. We as a state, have a third-party nonprofit partner at Elevate Ventures who actually does the direct investing for early-stage startups. So it's, at the end of the day, the state offering equity capital for a business, right? That first check-in, that's what we want to be. We want people to test. We want people to say, does this work? That's an important first question. But our friends at Elevate Ventures, one, offer the funding and do the due diligence and make sure your, your product is viable, but can do some coaching along the way, which is really important. We would not be able to put as much capital out into the ecosystem as we do without Elevate Ventures. But I think the other piece of the venture capital ecosystem that's important in Indiana and unique, and a lot of states have copied us since, but that's great because we want more entrepreneurs to get funding, is the Next Level Fund, which is a fund-to-fund model for small businesses, entrepreneurs to get that funding they need to get to the next stage. So fund of funds means other people are making the investments, but the state is putting into those funds, which is unique, right? We don't want to hold the equity. They, those venture funds out there do their job. We just support them and make more investments in Indiana companies. So we're talking about resources. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, are there any specific events that are coming up? Yeah. yeah. There are a couple that I think are worth mentioning. First and foremost, we partner with Generator to put on G-Beta accelerators. They are no cost, seven week deep dives into your business. And we do about six of those a year, but we pick the industry verticals we want them to focus on. For the past few years, we have done one in future mobility and we are going to continue the future mobility cohort this year, late summer, early fall is when that cohort application will go live. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you have this idea about this mobility company and how things move or you move, and you want to spend seven weeks deep diving, getting connected to the ecosystem, taking advantage of the talent, the knowledge that that generator team has and the mentors they bring in, that's a great program to check out. Another event that I think is worth noting is the Indie Autonomous Challenge. We'll be back home again in Indiana this September for an innovation hard tech manufacturing summit. I'm really excited for this event because we are going to bring a lot of these resources around future mobility, advanced manufacturing, and hard tech together in one place over a three-day event. And the event will cap off with the autonomous cars going around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So can't get much more Indiana than that. But it'll be a really great event of bringing students together to come see some of this, this in action, hopefully inspire the next generation of STEM talent to go into future mobility and stay in Indiana to do this work. But it'll be really exciting to see some of these startups, these companies also pitch alongside this huge event where we'll have a lot of different academic leaders, government leaders, corporate leaders in this space in one place. Very excited. So 
I think mark your calendars. It's September 4th through 6th for anyone that's interested. Natasha, we're talking about a lot of big ideas, big concepts, big initiatives. If there's one thing that you want our listeners to leave this podcast, having known, having learned, what is that? You don't have to do this alone. The entrepreneurship and small business team at the IEDC has a plethora of resources that are available to entrepreneurs who are just trying to find the next step. These are really difficult challenges that not just Indiana, not just an entrepreneur, the entire world has to face. Our new motto is be bold, right? Be bold. But you don't have to do it alone. We have resources. We have people that are here to just help you along the way. You don't have to do it alone. Pick up the phone. Call us. I make it a rule to get back to you within 24 hours. If you call me, go to the entrepreneurship page on the IDC's website. Look at some of these resources. If we don't know where the answer is, we'll find it. We have a that Hoosier hospitality comes out because we have an ecosystem that cares. And this future mobility, this what's next mentality isn't going away. And so the more we can bring resources to the people that need them the most, the easier my job becomes. I love that. Your next bold move will happen right here in Indiana. Yes. And the IEDC will help you do it. Love it. Natasha, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Indiana for the Bold. For more information about what we do at the IEDC and to subscribe to our monthly newsletter, go to forthebold.com. And as always, stay bold, Indiana.